get this in tonight, at least give you some thoughts that I believe are going to help you tonight concerning this thing of thanksgiving. And so Psalm 100 in your Bible, very, very um, familiar passage of Scripture. And I tell you what, if you promise not to fall asleep, I'm not even going to have you stand tonight, all right? I know you've been working all day today. Um, and so anyway, Psalm 100, and we're going to read the whole Psalm. It's only five verses. And then I want to give you some things. And you know, you know, Psalm 100 is one of those uh, psalms, it's sort of a, what we would call a go-to psalm, and, and, and that's the case for me as well. And not only have I read it many times, but I've preached for it a number of times, but I'm going to be honest with you, every time you go to this book, it's fresh. Man, it's like going, uh, it's like going to the bakery when they've just baked some fresh bread, and man, it, it was just like the Lord just giving me fresh bread from Psalm 100, and I want to share some things that God shared with me. And I hope they'll be a blessing to you. Psalm 100, verse 1. The psalmist said, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name for the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. And just for a few moments tonight, I want to talk to you about the importance of thanksgiving, the importance of thanksgiving. And so let's pray and ask God to help us, and we'll jump right into this Bible study tonight. Lord, we love you, and thank you so much for the privilege to be here at Calvary Lord, I would hate to think I missed this service tonight. I, Lord, I, I, I just believe that we're going to go away helped tonight. I believe if, if we had the closing prayer right now and went home, we'd, we'd go away helped. And Lord, thank you for challenging our heart concerning evangelism and missions. Lord, thank you for uh, Lord Brother Emmanuel. And God, we just appreciate his vision, his burden, and God, what you're using him to do there in that corner of the world. And and uh, Lord, thank you for all of our missionaries. I pray that you'd bless them and encourage them. And, and uh, many of them will not be able to come home and be with their families uh, during Thanksgiving. Lord, it's much too expensive for them to try to travel across the world. And, and uh, so Lord, I pray that you'd keep them encouraged. And I pray that you'd keep them safe. And I pray that you'd meet their needs. Lord, thank you for the great music that we've enjoyed tonight. And now, Lord, we, we pray that you would use this few minutes as we organize into a Bible study. And Lord, I pray that this would uh, encourage us and be a blessing. And God, I pray we'd go home, Lord, being able to say it was good to be in the house of the Lord. We love you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We ask all these things in Jesus' precious name and for his sake we pray. And all God's people said, amen. We're just gonna jump right into it. And I wanna show you some things that I believe are uh, incredibly, incredibly important about Psalm 100. And some of these, you probably already, you probably already uh, noticed these before. Maybe so, maybe not. But let me share them with you. Let me tell you a few things about Psalm 100 tonight. First of all, we notice that Psalm 100 is a petitioning psalm, a petitioning psalm. Now, a petition. What is a petition? Well, a petition is a written request. And that's what Psalm 100 is. It is a, it is a written request calling us to worship. But not only is it calling us to worship, but church, I want you to notice here that Psalm 100 is a call to worship with emotion. Did y'all see that? In fact, you can't hardly read it 
it just, it just bleeds emotion. What are you talking about, preacher? Well, look what he says in verse one. He says here, make a joyful noise. Verse two, he says, serve the Lord with what? With, with gladness. And then he says, come before his presence with what? With singing. Uh, verse four, he says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and, in, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him. And then he says this, and bless his name. Now we're used to the Lord blessing us. But what does it mean when the Bible says we're, we're supposed to bless him? We're supposed to bless his name. Well, what does it mean to bless his name? What, what, what on earth is the Bible talking about there? Well, when you see that word or that phrase, bless his name, it's the idea of congratulation or salute. It means adoration. In other words, we ought to come into his presence. Man, we ought to salute him. We ought to congratulate him. You say, preacher, congratulate him. Congratulate him for what? Congratulate him because he's so good. Congratulate him because he's so holy. Congratulate him because he's so great. Congratulate him because his mercy endureth forever. Congratulate him because his grace is sufficient. Congratulate him because he never leaves us and he never forsakes us. And do I need to go on? I mean, that's what it's talking about. When we come to worship that we ought to, we ought to come with, uh, with emotion. Now, church, I'm gonna ask you something. Where did we ever get this idea that worship is supposed to be quiet and somber and even liturgical. You know, we just, a lot of churches just come and man, they just sort of go through the motions and they know exactly what the preacher's gonna say. They know exactly what they're gonna say. I mean, it's just all cut and dry. And uh, I mean, there's really no emotion involved in it. And I'm gonna tell you tonight that true worship demands emotion, emotion. Listen, if you ever get to the place where you realize just how good he is, you're gonna have a hard time not being emotional about it. And I know every once in a while folks come here and they're like, man, you know, don't go down there to Calvary. They're the Holy Roller Church down there. Well, you'll just have to excuse us because he is worthy. He is worthy of our emotion. By the way, by the way, most of those people who, uh, who criticize a church like ours and say that they don't believe in getting emotional, that's a bunch of hogwash is what that is. What they mean is they don't get emotional at church. They do get emotional at the football game and the t-ball game and the volleyball game and the softball game. And, uh, and uh, you know what? Our mentality at Calvary is this, that if you can get excited uh, over a blown up pigskin that uh, a team's trying to get down a field or if you can get excited about a little white ball that guys are hitting around a pasture, then we can get excited about Jesus, Amen. And, uh, and so this is a, this is a petitioning psalm. It's a, it's a call to worship and it's a, a call to worship with emotion. I'm mindful of what Amos the prophet said in Amos 5.21. He said, I hate, I despise your feast days and I will not smell in your solemn assemblies. Your solemn assemblies. And so just in case you're wondering, it's okay for you to get excited about the Lord. It's okay for you to say amen. It's okay for you to raise a hand. It's okay for you to give God some praise. You know why? He's worthy of it. And he's not only worthy of it, but, but he petitions us to worship. And he petitions us to worship with emotion. And so Psalm 100 is a petitioning psalm. But I love this. I really do. I just, I know I say that a lot, but I do. I love this. Psalm 100 is a processional psalm. And this is beautiful. 
Now you say, Pastor, what do you mean by a, a processional psalm? Get this. We know that the, that the Psalms was the Hebrew songbook. It was what the Hebrew people, many of these Psalms were put to music. And the Hebrew people would sing Psalm 100 as they moved about. But it goes a little further than that. They would especially sing this Psalm or chant this Psalm as they made their way to the temple. As they were on their way to the house of God, they would they would sing the psalm. They would, they would chant this psalm. And I read that and I found that. And I thought, oh man, what a blessing. You know, you know what that tells me? That tells me that as they're on their way to the house of God, they are preparing their heart before they even get there. Before they even get there, man, they're singing this great psalm. They're chanting this great psalm. And, and I, I love that thought. They have prepared their hearts before ever arriving at the house of God. By the way, no wonder they love church so much. No wonder the psalmist said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house. Well, no wonder, because they took some time to prepare themselves before they ever got there. Ask you a question. Do you prepare yourself before you get here? It's important that you prepare your heart. You know, too often people come into the church house and they just sort of sit there, you know, and they fold their arms as if to say, bless me if you can. And I'm, I can't. I can't. But I'll tell you who can. God can. God can bless you. But here's, here's the thing. It's important that we get prepared before we ever come to the house of God. Now you say, preacher, I don't even understand that. Sure you do. Sure you do. That's, that's not hard to understand. Some of you fellas have at the house, you have a weed eater or a blower, gas-powered, and on some of those powered tools, they have something called a primer bulb. And, and what you do when you're getting, I, got a, I have a steel uh, blower. It's a great blower, but that thing's so cold-natured. And so when I'm getting ready to crank that thing up, you know what, I have to prime. Come on now, I have to prime the motor. I push that primer bulb and it shoots that, fuel up into the carburetor and, and it encourages that motor to crank and, um, and, and you, what, what you're doing, you're preparing that motor to run. We're getting into the winter season now here in North Carolina and, and a lot of you folks, before you go to work, you will go out and you'll crank your car up. You don't just go out and on a real cold, cold morning, you don't jump in your car and, and rush down the road. At least you should not, I, I, I'll say that, that way. And you go out and you crank it up, you let it run a little while, why? Because you want that oil to get stirred around and uh, you want the motor to warm up. What are you doing? You're preparing that motor to run efficiently. Now church, listen, did you know that we ought to do the exact same thing before we come to the house of the Lord? Every Sunday morning, hey, we ought to be preparing our heart. Why? Because we want God to give us something when we come to his house. And so prepare, prepare. We ought to be preparing our heart. By the way, you say, well, preacher, how do you do that? Well, one of the ways you do it is by purposely being thankful. That's what he said in verse four. Enter into his gates. That's what, that's what they're talking about, the gates of the temple. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And into his courts with praise, be thankful unto him and bless his name. Hey, prepare your heart. Now, what does that mean? And I, I, I want to get on the rest of these points if I can, but if not, we'll just camp out right here for a little bit. What does that mean? Well, you know what? On Sunday morning, how many know this? That if the devil's going to hit you, he'll do it right before church. 
I mean, if everything falls apart, it's right before church. And I mean, it's just like everything, everything comes apart at the seams. I just want to encourage you, whatever you do, don't let anything before service time on Sunday morning or Sunday night or Wednesday night, do your best not to allow anything to, 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 to pull you down, to, to draw you back. Uh, encourage, listen, encourage your uh, spirit, prepare your heart. I, we, we gave this illustration the other day, my, and uh, you know, Miss Tammy, honestly, Miss Tammy, well, she was doing the right thing. She wasn't doing the wrong thing. She was doing the right thing. A couple Sundays ago, we had a lot of folk in our church, a lot of folks sick. And she was just, and she is my, man, she's my reminder, my secretary. I mean, and, and, and we leave on Sunday morning. We're, we're going up the road toward the church and she starts rattling off everybody that's sick. Now, the reason she's doing that because she, she wants me to know why so I'm praying. And so that's absolutely 100% right. But, I said, you know, honey, don't give me all the details. I, I just don't even tell me all the names. You know why? Because we're on our way to the house of God. I don't want to know that we got, you know, 2,500 people that are going to be absent on Sunday morning. You know, I, I don't know. I, you, know I, I, you know, I know, I know. When our phone rings on Sunday morning, I know. We walk to the phone singing, cancellation, cancel, cancellation. You know, and, and I just said, honey, you know what? Just don't, don't. Don't even give me all the details. Do it after the service and I'll pr we'll pray for those folks. Why? I don't need my spirit to be drawn down. Right. Why? Because when I walk in here on Sunday morning, I need my spirit to be open and my heart to be right. And why? Because I want God to, to be able to work in my heart and my life. I don't want to come here one way and leave the same way. I want to come here and I want to leave better when I leave. So tonight we got in the truck and, and we're, we're, uh, we pull out of the driveway and and it's been a busy, busy day today. And I just turned on in the truck. I just, I turned on Fox News. Okay. Well, if you want to get discouraged, here's five ways to get discouraged. Okay. And so I turned on Fox News just to see, and I typically do just to see if there's any breaking news. And so I turned on Fox News. We got about a mile or two from the house. And I said, all right, that's enough of that. And I turned on some great music. Started listening to the Carr family, started listening to the Powell family, started listening to the Nun sisters. And why? Because I want my heart to be prepared when I'm walking to the house of the Lord. And so, again, we see it's a petitioning psalm. We see it's a processional psalm. How about this? Number next, we see that the Psalm 100 is a practical psalm. A practical psalm. It lays out some clearly divine things that each of us ought to be involved in. And I would just ask us, are we doing these things? What do you mean? Are you making a joyful noise? Are you serving the Lord with gladness? You know, there's a big difference in feeling your responsibility and doing it with gladness. You know, there's nothing wrong with you running the vacuum cleaner without a smile. I'm not saying you have to smile while you're running the vacuum cleaner, but, but I will tell you this. When you're doing whatever you're doing for Jesus, y'all do it with gladness. Amen. You know why? Because you're not doing it for the pastor. You're doing it for God. And so uh, we're to serve the Lord with gladness. We're to come before his presence with singing. And so are you entering into his gates with thanksgiving? And so Psalm 100 is a petitioning psalm. It's a processional psalm. It's a practical psalm. Let me give you a couple closing points real quickly uh, in our time. How about this? Number, number one, I noticed this, that being thankful, being thankful is the revealed will of God. 
So take your Bibles tonight, if you will, and turn over to uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. And, and look for verse number 16, if you will. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse number 16. Now, when you find your place in 1 Thessalonians, I want you to look right back up here at me. We're going to read the verse here in just a minute. Did you know there are some things concerning the will of God? There are some things that God wants you to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit about. For instance, for instance, I can't, as the pastor of the church, I can't go to a certain young person in our church and say, and say to them that this, this, this young man right here, this young man is the will of God for your life. Now, I might suggest some things and I might encourage them I might warn them, I might caution them about some things, but I'm not gonna go to a, a young person here and say, that is the girl you need to marry. You, you gotta marry her. You know why? That's not my area. That's God's, that's God's will. And so some are called... Some are called into full-time Christian service. Others are not necessarily called. Some serve on the mission field. Others maybe don't. That's God's will. And so there are some things that, you know what, you have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and he has to show you what his will is. But did you know in the word of God that there are at least several places where the Lord decided not to leave it open-ended? He just said it plain. This is my will. You don't have to pray about it. You don't have to ponder on it. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to get counsel about it. This is my will. Look what he said. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse 16. He says, rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. Verse 18, in everything give what? In everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. It is the will of God that you and I be thankful, be thankful. You say, preacher, don't have anything to be thankful for. Are you kidding me? Man, just guess at it. You'll get it right every time. First Chronicles 16, eight, give thanks unto the Lord, call upon his name. First Chronicles 16, 34, oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good. Psalm 30, verse four, sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. Psalm 92, one, it is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. Colossians chapter three, verse number 15, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also you're called in one body and be ye thankful. Now, are you still in First, Corinthians, First Thessalonians? Look, look back there if you will. You know what I believe, Calvary? I believe there is a direct connection between being unthankful and what the Bible terms as quenching the Holy Spirit. Let's look back at it again. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse 16. The Holy Spirit says, rejoice, evermore rejoice. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And look at verse 19, interesting. And then he says this, quench not the spirit. Did you know I believe this? I believe that when you and I become unthankful, we quench the Holy Ghost. 
Have you ever done this? Have you ever done something significant for somebody? Maybe there was a, a family that had a need, I mean a serious need, and nobody even asked you to do it, but you went out of your way, you took money out of your bank account, you did something fairly significant, and you really blessed this family. Now, you didn't do it so they would show gratitude. But, but I mean, you made a, a, a pretty good sacrifice, and you really blessed this family and they never even said thank you. In fact, they not only didn't say thank you, they showed not one ounce of gratitude. Now, you didn't do it for that. I get that. You didn't do it for that. But it grieved you a little bit, didn't it? Because you thought, you know what? I, I, I just, I want to be a blessing to these folks. And, and, and they, they act like I didn't do anything. Now, again, don't, don't get messed up about that. You just let the Lord take care of that. But this is all I'm saying, though. Well, I wonder, I wonder how the Lord feels when he just blesses and blesses and blesses and blesses and blesses. In fact, did you know our Bible says that he gave us his unspeakable gift? Jesus. Not only that, but the psalmist said this, that he daily loadeth us with benefits. I wonder how the Lord feels when he gives and gives and gives and gives and yet we're not thankful. We're, we, we, we gripe and we complain and we murmur and, and we miss his blessings. And oh, listen, church, I'm just saying this. Listen, being thankful is the revealed will of God. Let me give you another thought quickly and we're gonna be done. Number two, being thankful is a reflection of Christ's likeness. How many wanna be like Jesus? You wanna be like Jesus? Did you know that you and I will never be like Jesus until we get thankful? Never will. Now, I don't have the time to give you all these verses tonight, but I've got, I've got tons and tons and tons of verses here this evening. Matthew eleven twenty five, Matthew 15, 36, Matthew 26, 27, Mark 8, 6, Luke 22, 19, John 6, 11, John 6, 23, John 11, 41. And in each one of those places, you know what? The Lord Jesus Christ is giving thanks, giving thanks, giving thanks, giving thanks. And one of the things I noticed is that all the writers of the gospel noticed one thing about the Lord, and that's this, that Christ constantly exhibited a spirit of gratitude. It was his nature. He constantly exhibited a spirit of gratitude. Can I ask you tonight, Calvary, do you have an attitude of gratitude? Are you thankful? Well, I'm telling you what, we live, you know what I'm telling you is the truth tonight. We live in the most unthankful generation. I mean, unthankful, unthankful. I'm preaching it right tonight, man, unthankful. Mom and dad do and do and do and do and do and put a roof over kids' heads and, and pay for their medication and put them in school and put shoes on their feet and put uh, food in their mouth and heat in the winter and cooling in the, in the summertime and just do and do and do. And yet we've got a generation that acts like they wouldn't spit on their mom and dad if they were on fire. And I'm telling you, that grieves God. We ought to be thankful. Why? Because it's a reflection of Jesus. Let me tell you something else. I can prove this to you from the Bible. I don't have time to do it, then I'll prove this to you from the Bible. When you are unthankful, you are also reflecting someone. Yes, sir. But it's not Jesus. When we are unthankful and we murmur and we complain, it is a direct reflection of Satan. And so... 
Being thankful is the real, revealed will of God. Being thankful is a reflection of, of Christ-likeness. We're done tonight. Being thankful repels the enemy in discouragement. Hey, turn over quickly, and I'll just go to one place here, to Daniel chapter 6 in your Bibles. Look at verse number 10. You say, preacher, what's so important about thankfulness? Thankfulness repels the enemy, and it repels discouragement. Daniel chapter 6 is telling us about a man by the name of Daniel. And a writing has been signed that says, if any man prays to any other, any other God other than the king, he's gonna be thrown into a den of lions. Now, you know, church, if anybody had an opportunity to be discouraged, Daniel had an opportunity to complain a little bit. But look what our Bible says about Daniel. Daniel chapter six and verse number 10. The Bible says, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day, look at this, and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Did you know that usually if I'm feeling bad, if I'm feeling bad, usually it's a result of my selfishness if I'm feeling bad. Usually it's because I've got my mind on me and I'm thinking, I'm thinking about myself. But when I begin to consciously be thankful, you know what happens? The discouragement begins to fade away. You've heard this little poem. It says, today upon a bus I saw a lovely maid with golden hair I envied her and how I wished I were so fair. When suddenly she rose to leave, I saw her hobble down the aisle. She had one foot and wore a crutch, but as she passed, a smile. Oh God, forgive me when I whine. I have two feet, the world is mine. And when I stopped to buy some sweets, the lad who served me had such charm. He seemed to radiate good cheer. His manner was so kind and warm I said, it's nice to deal with you such courtesy I seldom find. He turned and said, oh, thank you, sir. And then I saw that he was blind. Oh, God, forgive me when I whine. I have two eyes. The world is mine. Then when walking down the street, I saw a child with eyes of blue. He stood and watched the others play. It seemed he knew not what to do. I stopped a moment. Then I said, why don't you join the others, dear? He looked ahead without a word, and then I knew he could not hear. Oh, God, forgive me when I whine. I have two ears. The world is mine. With feet to take me where I'd go, with eyes to see the sunsets glow, with ears to hear what I would know, I'm blessed indeed. The world is mine. Oh, God, forgive me when I whine. Everybody likes a neat story. I found one. Listen to this. This is pretty amazing. And some of you older folks remember when this happened. Back in 1988, a Polish railway worker named Jan Grzyski was hit by a train. He did survive, but only barely. For the next 19 years until the year 2007, Grzybski was in a coma. He awoke in 2007 to a whole new world. Listen to this. 19 years earlier, Poland 
was a communist state. Grzbetsky noted that, that back then, meat was rationed and there were huge lines at nearly every gas station and there was only tea and vinegar in the shops. But 19 years later, he awoke to a free nation where he said there were, quote, people on the streets with cell phones and there are so many goods in the shops, it makes my head spin. But something puzzled him. What amazes me is all these people who walk around with their mobile phones and yet they never stop moaning. These people had freedom and food and wealth greater than Poland had had for decades. And yet, Grzeski said he woke from his coma to find that all they seemed to want to do was grumble. I guess that puts it in perspective, doesn't it? Man, we have so much to be thankful for. Somebody said, if you don't get into the habit of thanking God for what you do have, you'll soon become ungrateful because of what you don't have. And so, may we do this tonight? May we just take a little time in the next few days and just thank God for what we have. You say, well, preacher, we don't even have a turkey for Thanksgiving. Got a ham? Thank God for a ham. You say, we don't have a ham. You got a peanut butter jelly sandwich? Thank God for a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Thank God we have a roof over our head, shoes on our feet. Well, God's been good, hadn't he? Let's bow for prayer tonight. Father, we thank you for your blessings. Lord, thank you for reminding us of the importance of thanksgiving. I'm not talking about the day necessarily. I'm definitely not talking about the turkey and dressing. And Lord, I'm talking about thanksgiving. I'm talking about the giving of thanks. Father, forgive us when we, for when we whine. Forgive us for when we're, we're unthankful. Lord, personally, I just want to say forgive me for when I concentrate on the negative and not all the positives that you brought into my life. Lord, I'm a blessed man here tonight. Lord, I thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your grace. Thank you, God, for being so good to us. Lord, I pray you have your way in this invitation tonight. And uh, Lord, if there's decisions that need to be made, I pray they will be made tonight. We thank you. And our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Hey, can I ask a question or two just so I know how to pray tonight? How many of you here tonight would say, Pastor, if I died tonight, I know beyond a shadow of any doubt, I know that I'm saved. I know that I'm going to heaven when I die. If that's you right now, you just slip up your hand as a testimony of thanksgiving and praise to the Lord. Praise the Lord. You can lower your hands. Let me ask you this though, on this Wednesday night or Tuesday night rather, Tuesday night, is there one here tonight would say, Pastor, I couldn't raise my hand. And if I died tonight, I'm not sure about heaven. Would you pray for me? Is there one anywhere? I see that little hand. Is there anybody else tonight? Preacher, would you pray for me? If I died, I'm not sure about heaven. Would you pray for me? If you're watching the live stream tonight, we're so glad you tuned in. And if you're watching this evening and you say, Pastor, I don't know for sure that I'm going to heaven when I die, but I'd like to know. There's a number on the bottom of your screen right now. And if you'll call that number, we have some people that are they're waiting by the phone right now. They want to take your call.
share with you the gospel of Jesus. In just a moment, we're going to stand with our heads bowed. Maybe tonight, somebody just needs to tiptoe down to this old-fashioned altar and say, Lord, thank you for, and you fill in the blank. Thank you, Lord, for this. Thank you, Lord, for how you did this. Thank you, Lord, for healing. Thank you, Lord, for answering that prayer. Thank you, Lord, for the freedoms you've given me. Thank you. Tonight, if you just want to take a moment and just come and give him some thanksgiving, well, I think that'd definitely be in order tonight. Let's all stand around the house. Father, thank you. And thank you for these that are already coming. Lord, thank you for being so good. Oh, my. Oh, God, thank you. Father, you're a great God. You're wonderful. We salute you tonight. God, we congratulate you because you're so wonderful. God, that doesn't mean we're not going to go through valleys. That doesn't mean the storms are not going to come. They are. Life is tough. But God, we're so glad that even in the storm, Lord, you're a good God. God, we thank you for your blessings. Oh, Father, if we could pray one thing tonight, it'd be this. Help us to be a thankful congregation. God, help us to be thankful. Lord, thank you for how you've blessed us here at Calvary and given us this beautiful place to worship. And God, you've been so good. My soul, Lord, you've been so good. Thank you. Thank you for giving us the Bible. Brother Emmanuel tonight, Lord, said that many of those folks in Ghana don't have a copy of the Word of God. God, thank you for the Bible. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the Holy Spirit. Thank you for being so good. Lord, have your way in this invitation, please. We thank you in Jesus' name. And our heads are bowed just for a moment tonight. If you need to slip out, there's still some time. 